Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. How are you doing? Are you doing well? I trust you are doing well. And I know that many of us are tired. We may not admit that. And I know that many of us are struggling with different things. And we may not necessarily always admit that either. But I just want to say that you're in a great place today. And I just want to warmly welcome you. It's so great to have you. I trust that our first-time guests received a welcome pack. If you didn't, please put up your hand. Okay, that's great. (laughs) There's always one, Jeff Quinn. Um, It was his birthday yesterday as well. I also want to welcome those who are in the parents' room. Thank you for joining us. Let's give them a great big hand. And um, we also want to welcome those uh, who are joining us online and those who are tuning into this broadcast on 98.5 The Light FM. Let's give all those guys a great big hand as well. Let me take this opportunity to to thank you also for all of uh, the Christmas boxes of blessing uh, that have come in. And I thought it was really nice. I couldn't help but get a little bit distracted uh, when we were singing uh, The Drummer Boy. And uh, I don't know, we were singing lines along the lines of bringing him gifts. And there were literally people bringing gifts. It was just a lovely moment. Uh, the timing of it all was fantastic. So, so God bless you all. And uh, today we're beginning a series called Be Christmas. And the focus is being like Christ at Christmas. And we want to, as much as we can, provide a space, uh, an atmosphere, an environment, not only of a Sunday, but throughout the week for you to personally encounter Jesus Christ. And uh, so we want you to discover who He is all the more so that you can discover all the more who you are. Someone here needs to hear that you have a purpose and you have a great purpose And I really do pray that by the end of this message, that divine purpose would be realized just even a little bit more. If every single person by the end of this service can realize their purpose just one degree more, that'll be a great thing. You're probably thinking to yourself, what, just only one degree more? The answer is yes. Have you ever wondered about the ultimate goal of the Christian life? What is it? Is it to get to heaven? Is that the ultimate goal? The answer is no. Is the ultimate goal to, uh, you know, find a life partner, get a good car, a nice house, and, and, pro- and prosper in every way? Well, I'm not saying that can't be a part of it, but that's not the focus. That's not the ultimate goal of the Christian life. And the answer to this question can be responded to in various ways. However, I really do believe that it's the Apostle Paul who summed it up best personally. And uh, so let's take a look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And the Apostle Paul said, remember, the Apostle Paul had an incredible revelation and transformation. He was converted from being someone who was actually killing Christians, thinking that he was doing God a great favor. But then he personally encounters Christ and realizes that he didn't really know him at all. And so he said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. 
experience. I want you to experience. Do, do you ever read the Word of God and a particular word is then highlighted? It's like someone got a, a highlighter and just really just lit that word up. For me, the word experience was lit up for me. God wants you to experience Him, not just to know about Him, not just to hear about Him, but so that you might personally encounter Him for yourself because He created you, He loves you, and you have a great purpose. A few verses later in verse 13, He said, brethren, listen to me. He said, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it all. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in God in Christ Jesus. You see, from this small passage, we can see that the goal and the prize of the Christian life is Christ and it's to be like Him. But becoming like Jesus takes time. It takes a lifetime of discipline. And the truth of the matter is, whenever we compare ourselves to Jesus, we're going to fall short every single time. But don't be discouraged. If you're discouraged in your Christian life and you're thinking, oh, I just can't pull it together. It's like I, I battle with certain thoughts. I, I battle with addiction. I battle with saying, you know, either the right thing or the wrong thing at the right time, or I say the right thing or the, even at the wrong time. If you're battling, don't be discouraged because the Scriptures tell us to forget what lies behind. And I pray that that word will encourage you. Can you just give the Lord a hand of thanks for that word right there? Learn from the past and keep pressing forward. Furthermore, we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and it says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, this is talking about us, those who want to follow Jesus, we're being transformed, transformed, right? It's an internal change. To be transformed is internal. To be conformed is an external uh, change. But to be transformed is a change of the heart. It says we're being transformed into the same image as Christ from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Once again, when I was reading that passage, the word degree was highlighted for me. And so what does Paul mean by degree? It simply means to take your next step or a series of steps as in a process or progressive course of action. Isn't that good news? There's got to be one degree. One degree here, one degree there, a little here, a little there. Just keep on persevering, just keep on turning up. Somebody here needs to be reminded that you've got a great purpose. There are greater things coming for you, but if you give up now, you'll never lay hold of what is coming your way. So stay the course. Stay the course. Remember, one of the things that I've really wanted to teach us over time is to just keep on bringing your mustard seed of faith to the Lord. Bring your mustard seed of faith to church before God in prayer because God says that's all you need. 
If you understand a little bit, if you feel like God is moving in your heart just that little bit, God says, bring that and watch what I can do with a mustard seed of faith. And I really do believe that in order to be like Christ this Christmas, our series is called Be Christmas. One of the ways that we can be like Christ this Christmas is to first of all, think like Christ. So where do we start? Well, let's turn to Gateway Word of the Week, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 to 16. And uh, you can follow on the screen. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. There are some deep things, I believe, going on in everyone's life here today. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So in a few moments, we're going to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we might freely know the things of God. You see, this is something that you've got to ask for. Verse 13. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the the man who was focused on earthly thoughts and not eternal matters, cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Uh, There's a great passage where Jesus said, you know, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened unto you. And Jesus said, if you ask for a fish, I'm not going to give you a snake. In other words, I'm not going to give you something that uh, is harmful or a threat to you. And he said, if you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. I'm going to give you something that you can partake of, something that you can eat and consume, something that's going to be good for you. So we're talking about being Christmas. But like I said, I I really do believe that in order to uh, be Christ this Christmas, we need to think like Christ. And according to this passage, the only way that we can think like Christ is to receive the Spirit of Christ. And so what we're going to do right now, very simply, on you know, in the room and, and online, we're going to ask for the Spirit of God to fill us, uh, to fill our hearts, to fill our minds, so that we can begin to think a little bit more, even if it's just by one degree, so we can think more like Christ. Is that a good thing? Let's ask right now. So I just want to encourage you, do whatever you need to do to get engaged so that you might personally experience and encounter Jesus through the Holy Spirit right now. So that means you can close your eyes or sit back a little bit more and relax. Relax, because God is going to do all the work here. And I'm just going to pray and uh, the Holy Spirit will move. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word. Your word is truth. 
And that when we ask you for something good, you don't give us something that is bad. And so we ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit here in this room and online. And even for those tuning into 98.5. And so God, I ask on behalf of all of those who are hungry, I ask on behalf of all of those who are thirsty, fill us with the anointing of the Holy Spirit from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Fill us, I pray, that we might know freely the things of heaven, the things of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a courageous heart that will willingly obey what the Spirit is saying in Jesus' name. Amen. So what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? It means that you can begin to think like Jesus, feel like Jesus, and therefore be like Christ. Furthermore, it means that you can have the same attitudes, the same qualities and responses as Jesus did. Point number one today, we're talking about four qualities to be like Christ this Christmas. Point number one, love like Jesus. You know, I think that if we ever needed uh, more of God's love at a particular time of year, it could be Christmas. Now, maybe it's easier for some, but maybe it's a little bit more challenging as you, you know, you're confronted with the reality of perhaps meeting people that you don't want to necessarily be with at Christmas. That is a possibility. Um, you know, it could be the work parties. You don't want to be out with people that you don't necessarily want to, you know, do life with. I don't know. But it's a good opportunity to show the supernatural power of love. And I do want to say that love is core value number one here at Gateway. We only have two core values here. And they are number one, love, and number two, serve. When Jesus was asked which commandment was most important, he answered from Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. And he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. He went on to say, There is no commandment greater than these. In this passage, Jesus calls us to love Him and to love others, our families, workplaces, and neighborhoods. In the message version of the Bible, Jesus' birth into the world is spoken of in this way. John chapter 1 verse 14, it says, that the Word became flesh and blood. It's talking about Jesus. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. That's powerful. What a mighty God we serve. We're going to talk a little bit more about just what Christ has done in a few moments. There's another great passage that I love. It's John chapter 15, verse 13. And it was Jesus who said, Greater love... Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. This blows me away. If you're someone who is, uh, 
you know, seeking faith in Christ, if you're someone who is looking for something that is beyond this temporal world, then really look no further than Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. I know there's many gods out there and you can take your choice from a large smorgasbord, but um, no God came from heaven, from eternity in the likeness of compounded flesh and blood and walked amongst us, preached the truth, loved on people, performed miracles, predicted his own death and resurrection three days later and pulled it off. No other God did that. The king of the universe, the creator of all things, gave up his throne, his beauty, his glory and his royal position to come and dwell amongst us. Is there something that we can lay down or change our position on and become more like Christ this Christmas simply because we want to love like Jesus loved us? Does it not blow your mind? I think it's so good to pause for a few moments and think about what it is that Jesus has done for us. Point number two today, serve like Jesus. This Christmas, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for all. Even though Jesus was the King of Kings, he didn't come to be served as a king. He knew that he was the most powerful and that he was the most important person in any room. He knew that He was the Lord, the Saviour and King, the Creator of all things. He knew that wherever He went, He knew that whatever room He was in, He was the most important. He was the most powerful in any room. And yet, He got up from the table to wash the disciples' feet. And I just think it's something good to think about as we go into Christmas. Christmas is a, a really busy time. It can be a really tiresome time where we don't feel like getting up from the table to serve others. But in John chapter 13, verse 4, there was a dispute going on at the table. And it was a dispute amongst the disciples. And they were arguing amongst themselves who's going to be the greatest. But Jesus, hearing their disputes, gets up from the table and he walks over to a basin which was at the entry to the house and he puts around his waist a towel. And the disciples are shocked. They cannot believe. It's like the whole conversation stops and they cannot believe that Jesus, the Messiah, their rabbi, their teacher, the one who was perfect in all things and had been performing miracles, they couldn't believe that he got up from the table. One of the reasons why they couldn't believe it is simply because that the one who would wash the feet of others was considered the lowest of all ranks. And Jesus did it to demonstrate to us, to set us an example to follow, that we're never too great to get on our knees and to wash the feet of others. Point number three, see like Jesus. If you want to be like Christ, you need to see like Jesus. 
Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. But when Jesus saw the multitudes, <laughs> what word stands out for you right now? For me, it's when he saw. It's when he saw. When he saw the crowds, the people, the ones, the twos, the dozens, the, the hundreds, the thousands. It says he was moved with compassion for them. Because what he saw were people who were weary and scattered like sheep having no direction. And I just pray that what we see are people who are tired. You know, that's one of the, one of the quickest ways to get out of your tiredness. I'm not saying you shouldn't rest by any means. I know I need to. I know I need to be still and just go and lay down, find a green pasture somewhere and just lie down and recharge and things like that. But I pray, uh, let me ask you this question. What do you see? Do you see people who are just in your way and say, get out of my way? What we all need, let me tell you what we all need. We all need someone to see us. And we need someone to listen to us. And we need someone to go and be Christ, to show love, servant-heartedness, to have compassion. You know, we all need compassion. We all need compassion. We're all, you know, doing our best. And I, I love the, I really love the, the, the song, The Drummer Boy. Uh, you know, and he did it so well. Uh, the team did such a great job and Adrian did a, such a great job. And I just love the line there. I played my best for him. Everyone's trying to do their best. But not everyone is stopping to reflect on what they're doing. You know, most people are thinking that their best is not good enough. But let me just say it is good enough. When you're doing your best, it's good enough. You know, compassion, it means to be sympathetic and to have concern for the sufferings or misfortunes. Perhaps those who are... Uh, not as what we might consider as privileged as us and to do something about it. And as my wife was saying earlier, I just want to say thank you also for all of those who had the opportunity to give uh, into our missions offering uh, over the last weekend. So we raised $2,363. So I want to say thank you. I also want to notify you that all of the funds have been transferred both to Africa and to India. And I want to thank Deb and the team for organizing that early in the week. So let's give everyone a great big hand. They're so excited. So in case you don't know, we have the great opportunity to feed uh, 500 people at Christmas in India. So that's really, really exciting. Uh, we also have the great opportunity to clothe between 40 and 50 children in India. So for the, uh, for the boys, there's a shirt and a pair of pants. And for the girls, there's a dress. And so Pastor uh, Naveen there has received all of those funds. Uh, they are so excited and they're already preparing. Uh, Pastor Dixon, um, he received all the funds. And uh, the very next day, they went shopping. 
very next day. So let's go to the first slide, uh, because a part of the offering there was to fund Swahili Bibles. And so there we have Pastor Dixon on the left, and then we have Pastor David Ambani on the right. Uh, by God's grace, uh, we'll get to meet Pastor, well, both pastors, but I've never met Pastor David Ambani. And he is just over everything online. It's just amazing. And uh, he is just one of the most joy-filled brothers I have ever met. Uh, and I haven't even met him in person. Uh, so they're really excited. They'll be, those Bibles are going out. Uh, they'll be going out later today. Uh, they're in Africa. But before we, before we go to the next slide, a part of the offering was to also supply 50 chairs. Because in case you don't know, every Sunday morning, Pastor Dixon, who leads our, our location there, uh, had to get up very early in the morning with another couple of people. It might have been Pastor David. And they would go out and pick up all the chairs that they hired. Okay, they've got to pay for those chairs. They go and pick them up, set them up at the church, uh, and then pack them up and take them back after the service. If they break a chair, if they break a chair, they've got to pay for that, okay? So, uh, but of course, when I first learned that, my heart was filled with compassion. And I thought we're going to do something about that. I can't have, we can't have one of our, you know, key leaders going out on a Sunday morning like that uh, to get engaged in that kind of activity. I thought, oh, go and get a price and tell us how much it is and we'll go to the church. And so let's go to the next slide and have a look what they've purchased. So there we have 50 chairs. He is so happy. And, uh, and they didn't waste any time. They set up the chairs that day. There it is. Isn't that wonderful? I've never seen such plastic chairs with such an articulate design. Look at that design. There's like, uh, what sort of, is that a parrot? A rosella, I think. There's a sunflower there. Anyway, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's so nice. So I want to say thank you. And this is just another way that we can be like Christ this Christmas. You have to see. You've got to see something. Until you see something and have a heart to want to do something about it, then the kingdom of heaven is not established on earth. But the way that God's kingdom is established on this earth is through a gateway. It's through a transition place. It's like here we have hovering in heavenly places, the living word of God, and the Holy Spirit is carrying it, and he's dropping it, dropping God's word as you hear it, and as he speaks to you personally, he's dropping it in your heart, and it's only when you begin to see it and lay a hold of it, right, and lay hold of it, and then want to go and do something about it, can God's word be living and active. And that's how we establish the kingdom of God. It's through God's kingdom word. Point number four today, it's the last point, And that is to forgive like Jesus. This season of Christmas is all about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But the reason he came was to die for the sins of the world. His own creation put a crown of thorns on his head. They nailed him to the cross and they publicly humiliated him. In actual fact, the Bible says that Jesus was so badly beaten upon the cross. I don't know if you know this, but he was naked 
totally naked. And the Bible also says that he was beaten beyond the recognition of a man. And Jesus allowed all of this to happen to him because it was symbolic of what was happening to you and I. We too, in our identity, let me say also in our sexuality, in our eternal destiny, were beaten beyond recognition to the point that we were so confused. We were fallen. We were broken. And Jesus allowed what happened to us to be put upon him so that we could have clarity of mind, so that we could freely receive the things of God. You see, someone had to make a way. Someone had to lead. And that's why Jesus came and died for the sins of the world. I've already said that they publicly humiliated him. And at any moment, while Jesus was on the cross, he could have opened up his mouth and called upon a thousand angels to deliver him. And the mere presence of one of those angels would have taken everyone out. And so at any moment, he could have opened up his mouth, called upon a legion of angels with one command. But when Jesus did open up his mouth, it was to pray. And in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, it says, And Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And I just pray that the spirit of this message today and that the spirit of God would just move your hearts to love like Jesus, to serve like Jesus, to walk amongst the community and see like Jesus, and also to forgive as Jesus has forgiven us. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.